Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You are back at the location, the hot spot, the place where the conversations are pointed and the guests are sharp. There she is. And the responses are never dull. Today, we're going to one of my favorite places on the planet, Ireland. Yes, Ireland, Marie Graham. She is the owner of Mindset Success Strategies. Very different from her for her. She originally came from the nursing background, but now she is nursing and pouring into people in a totally different way, in a coaching perspective. But she knows how to heal. She knows how to help. She knows how to be empathetic. And she knows how to coach people when they are unsure of themselves. So we're going to have a conversation with her today that is going to be over the top. Brains, I need you to go get a pen and piece of paper. I want you to take some notes I want you to learn something here, okay? Outside of uh, learning an Irish jig or having a good Irish cup of coffee. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Anna Marie. How are you today, beautiful? I'm really good, Amber. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. We are going to uh, Ireland next year. Uh, We're going to go to Ireland and Scotland. My daughter was there and she says, mommy, she says, I want a Highland cow and I want to bring home a cute redhead. And the Irish people (laughs) are so nice and and it's so green and lush. Have you uh, lived in Ireland your entire life? Uh, With the exception of four years, I lived in London. Yes, I've been in Ireland all my life. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. Yeah, I know. Well, I hear that it's a really, really beautiful place. And people are very connected there. It is Mm -hmm. a great sense of community. It's not this distant learning. It's not this, you know, let's do everything online. It's like, let's sit together. Let's have a meal. Let's commune. Let's get to know one another. Is um, Is that what you find true? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The pandemic changed that and got us online. But yes, before that, definitely it was very much about the connection and it still is but it was very face-to-face orientated right so tell us a little bit about your story and your journey and how you show up in the world uh my story well my story yeah it's it, it's a different one as, as you said I'm a nurse by profession I'm a very unlikely business owner actually I failed business studies in school at 15 years old I was told no you're not really good at maths you failed business studies you know you, you wouldn't be suited for business stick with the nursing that's what the teacher told me. But I always had a non I always wanted to be a nurse. So I always had a passion for helping people, for caring for people. But I also also had an entrepreneurial spirit as well that I feel was kind of, you know, quenched at 15 when I was told, no, your business is not for you. You failed the exams. You know, you're not good at maths. So stuff like that. So I kind of put that out of my head, progressed really well through nursing, loved my nursing career. I went into workplace health. And then in, so in 2004, I started my first business. So I, I actually had gone for a job where the person who got the job over me wasn't as well qualified, hadn't as much experience. And I thought, right, you know, I can learn from this and I can look at what direction I can take. 
And I thought, okay, the fastest way to CEO or director level is to start my own business. So I had worked in London for four years and their model of healthcare in the workplace was very nurse led, which wasn't the way it was in Ireland. So I took the ideas that I learned and I thought, right, I could bring this to Ireland. And outside of two or three really big providers at the time, I was probably the only one who was dealing with smaller and medium enterprise market. Um, so decided to start the business, grew the business very successfully. Actually, my highest years of growth were through the recession and Ireland were very well documented as a casualty and a cause in some respects of, of our recession in 2008, 2009. But actually I grew April, which was brilliant. And I acquired then one of my competitors in the health screening area in 2012, merged them with the business that I had and then sold the business in 2015, which was always the, it was always the dream and always the plan to take it on as a 10 year project to build it and sell it. Mm -hmm. And really, I suppose, to prove to myself or to see if, if, if I would be able to do that. Right. So I sold on year 11. Well, you know, it's uh, amazing some of the things that you said that I want to dial back on because I'm currently uh, reading a book called The Four Agreements. Yes. And it, if you agree with it, it's your reality. Yes. And your words are so powerful. Mm -hmm. If someone planted a seed in you in, in the age of 15, that you weren't this, that you weren't that, that you couldn't do this. And you started to believe that. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have a new agreement with yourself. You have a new mm -hmm. conversation. You're speaking a different language. You're changing the mindset. And mm -hmm. now you have springboard, not only to a nursing career that was very successful, but you transposed the business model, created a business, a successful business, sold the business and now doing another business. So the word can't is very limiting. And when we speak yeah. that into fruition for ourselves, it's self-sabotaging. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. have that I am conversation and I love and I will as a part of my manifestation. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit about manifestation because mm -hmm. people think that it's a vision board or they think it's a wish list. But you have to show up, brains. You've yeah. got to do the work. You've got yeah. to hold your hand and help you through the roughest parts of it because you need a cheerleader. You need a coach. How do you feel about coaching? That's a heavy responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I, coaching has always been so self-development has always been a passion of mine. I've, I've studied self-development for years. My clinical background in nursing was neuroscience, which is all about the brain and the mind. Mm. And I was always fascinated by how some people do things and achieve great success and other people with all else being equal just don't have the mindset to do, do that. Um, and I saw it over the years with patients, patients with all the odds stacked against them where their mindset was so strong, had such great outcomes and others where it was something seemingly very minor, but they predicted all of the complications and all of the things that I can't. And that's what they got. And it's the one thing I say to my clients, you know, we find what we focus on and too often we're focused on the wrong stuff. I was, I was focused on why. I couldn't be a business leader. I couldn't own my own business rather than looking at, no, the phenomenal potential I have within me requires me to think a different thought, to reframe 
something that someone else has said that was their stuff, not mine. Um, and I guess I'm a product of my product because I've done it. So with coaching, I think, with coaching, I think we bring out of people what's already there. Absolutely. They just need to believe it. They need to borrow my belief in them or, or coach's belief in them. And they need to work through the tools to change the mindset, shift the thinking, reframe the limiting beliefs. And that's really what, that's the power of coaching for me. And the other power with coaching is holding the person accountable. Exactly. And being consistent. Mm -hmm. Being consistent. That is a promise mm -hmm. that I have made to myself on one particular issue that I'm working on in my life is that, you know, I've accomplished all my goals. I've exceeded my own expectations, but there's certain things and I'll share brains. It's, you know, eating lifestyle change. Cause I love to eat and luxuriate and have a cocktail every now and then. I'm not a big drinker, but I was into sweets, but now it's like, I'm a woman of a particular age. Mm -hmm. yeah. I owe this to myself. I have to keep a promise to myself. And to do that is to be consistent. So what do I do? I give myself daily stars. I love it. <laughs> Reward and recognize myself. I don't need, an, you know, I do need a vacation. I always love a vacation, but I don't need a fancy purse. I don't need clothes. I don't need a car. I just need something to pat myself on the back and not wait for external validation. So many times when we are in this process of flux, we're waiting to be validated by someone else. Oh, April, Anna Marie, you look great. I see you lost the weight. Uh, or, oh, great. I see you bought a new car. Or I see that you and your husband are getting along. You're waiting for someone else to acknowledge it instead of acknowledging it for yourself. What are some of the things that you do to reward and recognize yourself when you do a good job? So for me, for me, I guess that has changed over my, you know, I'm 19 years. I was 19 years in business in March and that actually has changed. So I'm a recovering hyperachiever. And I guess one of the things that I didn't do in my first business was I didn't celebrate my success in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, I rewarded myself with stuff, but I didn't actually, um, what would I say? I didn't really take on the identity of someone who was so grateful for their talent, so grateful. What happens in that is that we want to remain humble. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to be braggadocious. You don't want to be conceited. But the hell with all that. You got to reward yourself in your own mind and you got to say bravo because that keeps you going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in Ireland in particular, that's a cultural paradigm. And um, I have a U.S. client at the moment and their top salesperson is Irish. Uh, no, she's their top salesperson. But he said to me, he said she doesn't want the recognition. She doesn't want the praise. And she's the top salesperson quarter after quarter after quarter. But in Ireland, that's, a, you know, don't get too big for your boots is one of the sayings here. <laughs> so it's like, you know, self-praise is no praise. So we hear all of these you know, and they're crappy stories that people who don't want to excel, people who don't want to grow, it's very convenient for them to have those stories. But where we are ambitious and we do want to grow and we do want to excel and we do want to, you know, make a difference in the world, then absolutely that should be celebrated. And absolutely, as you say, we should pat ourselves on the back. Right, right, right. So um, give me one of your success stories. Give me one of your, your favorite clients that you work with or uh, 
favorite mindset stories that you've shifted when you've worked with someone? Uh, so I get outside of my own story where I used mindset from, you know, someone who struggled, I struggled with weight all through my teenage years and all through nursing. And I allowed my weight to identify my, you know, my acceptance of success. So I'm always very honest about that story. But I have two clients that I can think of. One lady was a lady in a very, very high powered position in one of the corporate uh, accountancy companies, one of the top five in the world, top five in Ireland. And she was she had she had achieved the highest level of success she could achieve. She was at director level and she still felt not good enough. She still felt unhappy. And the pandemic, she was at a talk that I did just before the pandemic. And she ended up coming on to one of my webinars when we were only about three months into our first lockdown here in Ireland. And she said she came off that realizing she had no meaning from her job. She didn't feel any sense of purpose, any sense of fulfillment. And she realized life is short. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, so her dream was to have uh, her passion was yoga and holistic medicine. And her dream was to do, you know, vacations with yoga, yoga retreats, wow. yoga and mindset retreats. And she had her first retreat last year in Greece. Mm. See? So, and again, yeah. it's living the dream. If you do mm -hmm. what you've always done, you're going to get what you always got. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so what you have to do is step out on faith, you mm -hmm. know, feel the fear yet do it anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's okay if you stumble, if you fall, even if you fail, because mm -hmm. then you have a template of what not to do the next time. Yeah. It's just and it, it's just a learning process. And that's what we're here on this planet, I believe, is to mm -hmm. learn and to teach. What would you tell a 25-year-old Anna Marie Graham? What I would tell her is don't let other people's stuff into your head. Don't let that become your stuff because we all react from something emotionally within us. We judge from something within us. It's never about the other person. It's about us. So I would say don't don't take that the identity of that person on. Don't take the behaviors and the thoughts of that person. Don't let them into your head. See see your own path. Know what it is you really want. Really know what you want, and make a committed decision. I'm going for it. Do it. I just get goose pimples when you say that because I have been listening to some uh, some meditations at night. And I tell you, I've meditated before, but at the end of these tapes, it likes a trigger just snaps. And I come into a whole different place. And I talk to myself now. I was somewhere, I was at the grocery store. I had just bought like $120 worth of grocery. And my favorite burger place was staring me in the face. And it was like, it was like doing like this to me. And I'm like, no. And I said to myself, now, April, you just went and spent $120 on groceries and you're going to spend another $20 on a greasy burger when you could go home and make the same thing. Yeah. Just drive out of the parking lot. Just drive out of the parking lot. And I drove out of the parking lot and I came home. I didn't even make a, 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 a burger. I made a salad. And let me tell you, it was probably the best tasting salad that I had had in weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's, mm -hmm. again, talking to yourself, changing that neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. 
at night, listen to some great meditations, go into prayer, go into a silent space, because in that silence is when volume speaks. You're going to hear mm. the loudest messages when you are in a state of silence. Now, we mm. talked a little bit about what this has brought you and what it's taught you. Mm. What does this transition cost you? Because we all have to pay a price. We all yeah. have to pay a price if it's financially, if it's spiritually, it's with our relationships. It's, you know, what has been your charge? Uh, my, I guess in my first business, there were huge learnings in terms of cost where I worked harder to further prove myself, to get the validation, to earn the higher salary, you know, to have the better car, to have the nicer clothes, to have the designer purse. And purses, you know, purses and handbags are, are, are one of my things. But it cost me in terms of I was constantly striving for the next thing. And as a result, I, I wasn't present in my life at that time. And it did in terms of relationships. It did cost me that the business kind of became my life. The business took my life over and I became validated by the success of the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it was and it was easier because the business was growing in success so it was easier to maybe shut out say romantic relationships mm -hmm. because i hadn't so much yeah, luck in that area yeah you had other things to fill it and again mm -hmm. uh you said something that very pointed is that chasing that happiness high yeah brains is a drug just yeah. like cocaine cigarettes and alcohol what is the next shiny object that's going to make me happy? What is the next purse I'm going to buy? What, what's that designer going to come out with? What is the next, you know, luncheon that I can host for the girls? All of these things are temporary fixes. And what I encourage you to do is to learn to be consistent and to learn to just balance out and live in the moment. We see people, I can, everybody these people die day after day after day I've got some friends that uh this one woman she was so excited she had never traveled and she was waiting to retire to travel 30 days before her retirement she passed away oh, wow. you know so if you have an opportunity to tack off things not on your bucket list but on your life list mm -hmm. do those things enjoy your family because that's all we have when you die, the hearse is not going to have your purses. It's not going to yeah. have your condo. It's not going to have your, you know, your diamonds. None of that is going to go in that box with you. None of it. So you have to learn to enjoy life right now. So let's mm -hmm. ask you some personal things about how you enjoy life. Okay. What is one of your guilty pleasures? Uh, guilty pleasures is handbags and shoes. They're my Ooh. guilty pleasures. Yeah. Shopping is my guilty pleasure. Love my handbags, love my shoes. Um, other guilty pleasures. What else do I have? Yeah, I'm prone, you know, to cocktails. Don't give me a cocktail menu. I might have one too many of those. That's all <laughs> that right. could be a guilty pleasure. <laughs> if you had uh, three wishes, three magical wishes, what would they be? Uh, my first wish would be that obviously my friends and family would have health, happiness, wealth. My second wish would be that people would see the phenomenal potential they have within them and that I could help them do that. I just, it would be my wish that people wouldn't take on the limiting beliefs because of stuff that was created for them. 
And my third wish would be that we would have more alignment and harmony in our world. I think that the word the word at the moment is a little disjointed, and I would love to see more harmony across the globe. Me too, you know. But as I read in many texts that there are there are necessary evils, unfortunately, to separate the wheat from the straw, mm -hmm. because yeah. there is a lot going on in the world, and uh, they're false prophets. Mm -hmm. You know, they're yeah. wolves, they're wolves in sheep clothing. So yeah. we have to be able to have a sense of discernment. Yeah. And I can taste it on my tongue. I can tell, you know, I can go into a room and, and, and gauge a spirit. And sometimes it's kind of spooky because I'm right on point. You know, mm -hmm. we, were, we were having breakfast, me and Mr. Magnificent. And this woman pulled into the space next to me. And I just looked at her and we were in the car. I'd never met her before. And I said, mm, something about her is not right, dear. I don't like her. He goes, oh, don't be judgmental. Well, my judgment is my boundaries. You know. Yeah. We get into mm -hmm. the restaurant. We're not in there 10 minutes. And she shows out something ugly. And he goes, wow, you pegged that. So, yeah. you know, follow your intuition. Follow your, your, your North Star. Mm -hmm. You're in a situation and you feel that it is not for you. Step back. Take a breath. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Anna, if you were, uh, uh, Anna Marie, if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be and why? What appliance? I would be the Nutribullet probably because you can put all the ingredients in and you can, you know, have a beautiful smoothie or a beautiful juice, but you need the ingredients in it before you press the button. Absolutely. I think I'd be the refrigerator. I just want to chill. <laughs> <laughs> just want to keep cool and just chill if you were an animal what animal would you be uh what animal would i be probably a horse i think horses are really graceful but very powerful mm, i'd be the party animal <laughs> <laughs> i might be that too i've been accused of being that too April. <laughs> exactly exactly and Tell us a little bit about your program and your business and, and the, uh, you know, what you're pouring into individuals, what you want them to take away after working with you. So my, my I, I guess, at, at the, the seed of everything I do with people is looking at getting them from where they are to where they want to be. So I want them to look at the goal, not what do they think they could achieve, but what's the dream. And mm -hmm. then it's about working at working backwards and looking at the blocks and just really increasing their vibration, their le level of vibration, the law of vibrations, the way we think. So it's getting them to think in a different way, to reframe old paradigms, perceptions that are not serving them. So it's about getting them to change the way they're looking at stuff so that what they're looking at then changes and moves them forward as opposed to keeps them stuck. So I typically work for, with people for a minimum of six coaching sessions. But the clients that I have the most success with are clients that I work with for six to 12 months oh, because wow. the mental programming is there. It was created for us in our little life. The paradigm is there. You know, I say to people, it's like the software in your computer. Um, it's what brings up the stuff on the screen of your computer. And you don't change that overnight. Right. So right. You, yeah. you need you need time to work and, and you need time for someone to work through what their blocks are and how it's keeping them stuck. 
You've done such a great job in transitioning and pivoting into a new career. But what would you say to that nurse that's bedside right now, that's struggling, that is, you know, she knows that what she's doing is, is God's work, that is the work mm -hmm. of an angel, but she's tired and she's burnt out. How do you keep her encouraged? Uh, I would get her to look at, you know, one of the things that I had quite a bit of guilt over was when I left the clinical nursing profession to start the business. So although I was still nursing per se, it was your know, workplace health screen and it was, it was, I was, you know, running the business. So I had a certain amount of guilt around, oh God, I'm a nurse. I shouldn't be making money out of people's health. Um, and if I'm being honest, there were a number of comments made from other nurses and people within the profession that kind of fed that. What I would say is look at what it is you really want. So I knew clinical nursing, neuro rehab wasn't where I wanted to stay. Long hours, working Christmases, crap pay, working weekends. It just, I wanted more, but I was afraid of the feeling of wanting more because I was afraid I was letting you know, God's work down. This is what I was born to do. But I do that now in a very different way. So what I would say to any nurse who's struggling is tap into what is it that you really want? What's the gift you're bringing to people? And it doesn't have to be at a bedside. Right. Because there's so many different avenues. You could go into teaching. You could mm -hmm. level up and be a, 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 nurse, a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. uh, you could go into research. And I'm seeing a lot of nurses going into the holistic space and Very the integrated medics, medical space and also hospice mm -hmm. because they understand the transition of the soul, mm -hmm. that it is not just a physical shell. Whether mm -hmm. you are religious or not has nothing to do with it. There is no. a transition and you yeah. see the life and death, but also, again, pat yourself on the back for the great work that you do if you are bedside, you mm -hmm. take a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of caring. You build relationships. There's trust. These people trust you for their medication, for their yeah. food, for the correct communication. You are doing an amazing job. So I encourage you 110%. I love nurses and I love teachers. I think they are the best people on the planet. So yeah. in closing, a little bit about your upcoming offerings or programs that you have online and definitely how to get in contact with you. Yeah, so my uh, website is MindsetSuccessStrategies.com. That has a number of programs. I'm launching a new program actually at the end of the summer called Elevate. And that will be a seven week program. There'll be an element of self-study, but there'll also be a, a, a you know a coaching VIP um, section with me. Uh, so that's kind of the lower ticket because very often we think, oh, I'd love to work with a coach, but I can't afford it. So that allows someone to come into my community, come into my space. It allows me to elevate their results uh, and then going up then into the six and 12 month programs. But all of the programs, those programs are on the website, which is MindsetSuccessStrategies.com. And just April as well to point out uh, if they go onto the contact page on my website, they can book a 30 minute strategy call with me it's you know a discovery call around where they are in their life versus where they'd like to be I don't try and push programs on people I just have a coaching conversation and if they go away with a takeaway which I'm sure they will that's enough for me at some point that energy will come back and they may decide to work with me they may not but as long as they've got something out of it that they can 
make a change in their life for the better. That's that's what my, that, that's really what my passion is. To well, who could, to see who could resist working with you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, every single interview is that I go around the world, 48 now, different countries, to find yeah. the best and the brightest, the most empathetic, the most uh, transparent, authentic people that I can that care that want to see you thrive. It's not about them. They've already been there, done that. They've done the work. They want to see you be successful. They want to be the one that you talk about in the next meeting. They want to see you elevate beyond where they are because that lets them know that they've poured into a very valuable well. So please go in, have that consultation. 30 minutes via Zoom could literally change your life. Also, Go in and like, love, share, and subscribe. You see this? I'm putting it right in your face. <laughs> <laughs> On the Edge with April Mahoney, there is now about 1,900 different episodes, everything from soup to nuts, jazz, love, music, nursing, uh, healthcare, home care, or just whimsical stuff, how to crochet. But we want you to be happy in whatever you decide to do because that's all that we have is happiness. And don't get it like a high. Don't get stuck on it. Find contentment right where you are. Thank you the best. Thank you so much. Bye, Brad.